Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Nick Knack News Radio. We have a very, very special guest on the call this evening. Some might even call him the original Mongo. It's Leslie in Fort Lee. He has so many Twitters, I can't even keep up, but he's currently at Disgusted New Yorker. Uh, if you have any questions for him or anything else during this show, feel free to either call in by dialing one seven two four 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 seven four four four. And then enter the call ID, 140618, or you can tweet at me, at Nick underscore Durst, or you can tweet it to my co-host, at SM underscore Sports, and that is John Brown. John, how are you doing tonight? Hey, Nick, what's going on? How are you? So, John, why don't you, uh, for everybody out there that really doesn't exactly know about Leslie, why don't you tell everybody just how crazy this guy is on Twitter? Yeah, so um, as anyone knows, I'm a pretty active uh, Twitter mongo myself. <laughs> I don't call the show and yell at celebrities, though. Um, before we get there, I just want to say, you know, congrats to you on your job, dude. That's a really cool job. Being able to cover the NFL and, and you know, work in sports and actually make money out of it instead of just a hobby is, is really awesome. Oh, thank you. I uh, definitely appreciate that. Uh, I did get a job offer. For now, I'm going to refrain from uh, saying who the employer is and so everything's official, but I'll definitely let the listeners know about that uh, next week or whenever the HR is all set. Uh, but thank you for that. We're looking forward to it. Uh, working sports doesn't get much better than that. Uh, and speaking of sports, a uh, big thing happened this week in sports. Uh, the MLB went to Cuba. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays took on the Cuban national team. The Cuban national team is depleted of their stars because almost all their main players that made them so good in the last World Baseball Classic when they got to the finals are now in the major leagues. They don't play in Cuba anymore for the national team, obviously. So the Braves were able to win, uh, and but the whole ordeal ahead of time uh, was with the fact that President Obama happened to be there. Uh, and I wanted to get into the game, but first I want to know, what is your take on uh, Castro? You know, he, he and Obama sat next to each other in the baseball game, but Castro, he didn't even agree with Obama at the airport. Yeah, so I'm <clears> – <throat> I actually I, – I kind of dip my toe in both pools here on this one because, you know, I, I understand when you want to normalize relations with a country that's 90 miles away from us. And, you know, I understand that the Cold War is over, and I get – I sort of get that. But on the flip side, listen, the guy's still a communist, and he's still – like, you know, he's – nothing's changed. He still treats his people like shit at the totalitarian government. Um, I'm, I'm under the belief that when, uh, when he got off the plane and Castro was in there, that's a real slap in the face. Um, he probably should have, I don't know, getting on the plane and leaving right away would have been the, the right answer. But uh, after the attacks in Brussels, that was when he should have cut his trip short. The idea that he stayed at a baseball game, you know, awkwardly with Fidel Castro's son or whatever is, is a little ridiculous. It gets, but it gets worse because after Cuba, I understand why, you know, I, I hate – 
one of the things I really hate about, um, you know, the mainstream media is you're either crazy left or crazy right. And the crazy right is like, Obama, blah, and I try to avoid that. But the idea is he can't leave Cuba because it's blah, blah, it's the first time or whatever. Fine, fine. What do you go to Argentina for? He can go to Argentina whenever he wants. Why is he tango dancing in Argentina when we have Americans who are killed in Brussels and the terrorist attack and the whole world's watching? And um, it was just really, really untactful. And uh, that's, you know, I got to call him out on that. That was messed up. He, should, he really should have done something. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy how that whole thing went down. Uh, and then just going towards the actual game, the game was delayed about 15 to 20 minutes for the Obamas to arrive at this stadium. Could you imagine going to the game and then you're like, oh, I'm going to be late, and they thought they stopped the first pitch for you? <laughs> uh. So, I mean, obviously the president's out, uh, but as far as the actual game, before the game, they got Obama sitting behind this big net with Castro and obviously his family, and both, everybody in the Rays is trying to to give him, like, a handshake or balls and gloves. And there's a funny moment where Chris Archer was trying to give him a baseball glove. That was Matt Moore's, and they couldn't figure out how to get it through a fence. Uh, fence. Like, obviously, obviously, you're not going to get it through the fence unless you cut it. Uh, it was just a crazy, crazy ordeal. Uh, but like I mentioned, uh, you know, to Cuba lost. Uh, they were taking it really serious, but they were just overmatched because a lot of their star players are now in America. Now, do you believe that the, with this, the way things are going, eventually we're going to have a system where any Cuban could come and play in America without having to deport? Yeah, yeah. I would imagine, you know, um, I feel bad for those players that lost, though. They're probably, you know, they're probably all getting beat right now for losing to America. Yeah, they probably uh, got into some serious trouble. I can only imagine how fit Castro was. Yeah, uh, there was actually a thing, um, I think it was in the 80s, late 80s, a so- uh, the Iraqi soccer team lost in like the World Cup previews, and Saddam killed them. <laughs> I know it's terrible to laugh about, but like, Jesus Christ, it's a game, who cares? Jeez, that's, uh, that's pretty, <laughs> pretty nuts. It's far enough. Countries are just a real mess. Uh, things are happening, and it's just very... It's just crazy. Uh, we need to get some better. <laughs> I mean, the United Nations needs to step up and really take care of some of these foreign dictators, and it shouldn't really, all, it shouldn't have to all fall on the United States. Yeah, I, you know, I really agree with that. You know, the idea is, you know, uh, we got to play world police, and it's, you know, regardless of the fact that a, it, you know, it leans heavily on our military. B, it's really expensive. You know, we've spent we spent two trillion dollars in the war in Iraq. And, you know, Obama pulls out early. Now, you know, we don't even control it anymore. It's what was it for then? You know, we wasted all this time. We had over 3,000 servicemen die over there. We wasted $2 trillion. And it's not even a stable country. You know, uh, we really messed that, that particular one up. Yeah, I mean, so I think well, uh, what the United States is trying to do is try to prepare things with Cuba. Cuba desperately needs the trade embargo to be lifted because all their stuff is so far behind in time. If you went there in the 1950s, you'd say, wow, this place is beautiful. If you went there today, you'd say, wow, this is the 1950s because nothing's been updated since then. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think that we've leaned on them economically long enough um, where they'll probably make, you know, changes here and there. Uh, yeah, it's just the Cold War is over. The, I don't know what they're holding out 
to be communist for. Maybe this is like the long play. Maybe Obama is doing this purposely so that they will get, you know, the Internet and Taco Bell. And then, you know, maybe there'll be like sort of like a, a peaceful um, changing of the guard. They'll change forms of government peacefully, not with, uh, you know, bullets and war and whatnot. Right. I mean, only time will tell. Obviously, uh, the Obama administration won't be in, in the office anymore by the time anything gets resolved. But uh, I definitely think a major factor, believe it or not, is probably has to do with Major League Baseball. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's bridging that gap. It's a cultural gap between the two ideologies. But in the end, you know, baseball is a really patches that up really nicely. You know, I think if we spent a lot of money down there as well, Imagine, like, the Yankees did their spring training down there, something like that, something that could really, really help them out economically. Yeah, I mean, uh, Rachel Robinson was there because she lived there for a month, uh, you know, back in the year before Jackie Robinson officially joined the Dodgers. The Dodgers' uh, my, uh, spring training camp was in Cuba. So it'll be interesting to see if, you know, the United States has, or Emily Base, Major League Baseball has any team go back to Cuba next year uh, for spring training, because prior to that, the last time the team with MLB went there was in 1999 at the Orioles, and prior to that was in 1950. Uh, and just so, so everybody knows out there, uh, we have a big show for you tonight. Uh, Leslie in Fort Lee is going to be calling in momentarily. If you have any questions for him, either type them in the chat, we'll ask them, or you can dial in and ask him yourself at 1-724-444-7444. Enter the call ID 140618, followed by the pound key, and we'll take your question without, without any issue. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, we thank you for that as well. And just a reminder, uh, tonight's show is brought to you by BM Solutions, Evolve or Die. For your business to grow in the current market, you need to evolve the ever-changing online market. For your business with BM Solutions, we are for high-end marketing services that are reasonably priced for the medium to small business. For the same price point that you currently are spending on traditional and dead marketing, let us plan, create, and execute your business in the online marketplace. We will establish your SEO practices, identify SEO opportunities, and economize your marketing budget to drive up new customer acquisitions and improve your ROI. BMM Solutions, helping your business evolve with the ever-changing online marketplace. Visit BrianSalesMarketing.com for a free market evaluation today. And at this time, we do have a caller on the line. We have two, actually, but uh, I'll put the first one through here because I believe it's our special guest. Leslie, is that you? What's going on? I'm waiting for Leslie. All right. Someone there is waiting for Leslie, so maybe this is not – I'll put you back on hold here. Is this Leslie? <laughs> Leslie, is, it, is this you, Leslie? Hello? Leslie. Yes, hi. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's Leslie, uh, the person that called in. Well, I'm going to put you on hold for a few minutes, and we'll get your question for Leslie. So, Leslie, believe it or not, the phone lines are lighting up before you even called in. People are <laughs> out there looking at looking to ask you questions, typing, we want Leslie in the chat. It's, it's a real ruckus right now. Uh, I bet it is. It's really going crazy. Uh, so now, uh, as everybody knows, right now, Leslie, uh, your main Twitter is at Disgusted New Yorker, uh, but mm-hmm. you know, you've, you've also been known to have many other Twitters, such as Mongo Goes Crazy, which was suspended, you're the original Mongo, Rex Must Go, when you wanted to get rid of Rex Ryan, uh, Lover of Detroit, 
and Gaston on Mike. Do you have any other Twitters that people can reach you at? Yeah, no, no, I have a parody account of Dina Costa. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and why do you have a parody account of him? Oh, you know, I just like to make fun of him. You know, I just like to, you know, just like to make fun of his thinking. You know, he has some odd thinking. I mean, I listen to his St. Louis radio show, and he has a crazy idea. He reminds me of Archie Bunker. <laughs> I mean, hey, me head. You don't see that type of craziness from a human being anymore, but uh, Dino Costa is just a different uh, phenom. He's a phenomenon. He's a different creature. He's a guy that doesn't believe in political correctness, and he has got himself in trouble. Now, listen, I don't agree with what he says, though. Like, I think his point about women in radio is stupid. I mean, I feel... I get what he's talking about, why women are not fit for sports radio, but... I think there are some good women out there that can do sports radio. One person that can do is Lori Robinson, WFAN. Oh, and you definitely also have to see her a big fan of the uh, the, the next sideline the next sideline reporter, especially yeah. the one the yeah. one that was doing a uh, color commentary the other night. Yeah, she, she, she's fan. terrible. She, she has no business being on uh, television. She is just so bad. She's clueless. She's dumb. She's out of touch. Uh, you know, she's just bad. <laughs> She had nothing. I mean, this isn't Tina Sawasi we're talking about with Sarah Kustuk. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's pretty crazy some of these people how they get on radio or television and they have no qualifications at all. But no, before we get you into, know, yeah, here's you know, the thing: most people get by on TV because of their looks. That's all there is to it. Everyone knows all the sideline reporters on regional sports networks and networks that cover sports are all hot. The eye candy, they're not really, you don't see an ugly lady doing uh, um, sideline reporting. I mean, you just don't. Yeah, it's well, true. Do you, do you want Rosie O'Donnell on the sidelines? Yeah, I don't. Huh? <laughs> I mean, if you, have, if you have blonde hair and you want to be a sideline reporter, you got a good shot to get a job. Uh, yeah. Before we get into more of these more of these celebrities, and we do have many questions for you in the chat already had a call online. The first thing I want to know is give us some background on yourself, uh, your age, where did you go to school, uh, your sure. current job situation, stuff like that. Okay, well, I'm 36 years old, and I work at Fairleigh Dickinson University in the Metropolitan Campus in Teaneck. I work at a library, and I'm also going to be the sports writer for the Queen's Ledger. I'll be covering high school sports in Queens starting next month. Nice, wow. nice. Congratulations, man. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I won't get fired uh, for the third time. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, got fired, I, I got fired once at the Richville Park Patriot because the Richville Park coaches and Richville Park uh, parents were a bunch of pansies, and the students were a joke. <laughs> they, they, they were too sensitive. Well, Leslie, I know, I know y'all, so... Something you might not know is me and John here are from Staten Island. I know you have covered some of the local high school teams in Staten Island. Uh, where no, I haven't you, really. Well, who, you, I know you were at some softball games uh, covering St. Yeah, Coast I covered in Tottenville. Uh, no, I never covered Tottenville High at all. So you got fired from that job, though, when you were – that is the job, I, not the job you were referring to? I got fired at Richville Park Patriot, and I also got fired at, um, at the Brooklyn Ledger. Ah. Interesting. Uh, you should yeah. look into writing for the Staten Island Advance. They're always looking for people. 
Uh, really? They didn't campaign for me because I would love to work for Staten Island Advance. Hopefully, but hopefully I'll stay at the Queen's Ledger for a long time. Yeah, you're going to be covering the Mets at all? I don't know. No, probably not. It's going to be high school and college sports. Uh, I see, I see. Uh, and that, so obviously we know you're a big, huge sports fan. Did you play yeah. any sports growing up? Hmm? Did you play any sports growing up? No, never did. But I had a pa- I had a passion for sports because of my uncle. My uncle uh, would babysit me at his apartment when my mother would go to work. And I was a kid growing up in New York City, and he would watch the Mets, the Jets, the Knicks. So I gravitated towards watching sports through being with him through osmosis. Ah, uh, I see, I see. Osmosis is got it. Uh, so now I have plenty of questions for you. The uh, first question that was from the chat. Uh, sure. Uh, uh, Leslie, walk from Get Five. Leslie, why can't you be more like at JBK three four five? You know, here's the thing. Jay, he, he's a Mike Francesa shill. He he kisses up to Mike all the time. He will never rip Mike. Uh, I mean, uh, I I can't talk to people who who's an apologist to Mike Francesa. Guys like Mark Mongo and Audio Mongo. You know, those guys are Mike Francis's psychopaths, and they, they <laughs> apologize for him. And they, uh, they they do what their leader tells them to do. I mean, they bow down. Like, Mike Francis has a bunch of cults. Uh, <laughs> Mongols. That's like OJ Mongo, WFN Trades, um, OJ, Tier Kernan, uh, Mick Lute, and uh, who else? Dennis. You know, you know Art. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about uh, Mike in New Haven, uh, 16-year-old car? Uh, I, I don't really listen to Mike, to be honest with you. I listen to him when I had to drink coffee or eat breakfast just to kill time. Then I, after I'm done, I turn the radio off. I see. Uh, so if you, had, if you had to give a message here right now uh, to Audio Mongo, what, what would your message be to him specifically? If, if I had to talk to Odio Mongo, I would ask him, why is he a kiss-up to Mike Francesa? Why, why does he like Mike Francesa? And why does he never hold Mike accountable? All right. Uh, and I'll, I'll just name some more of those guys. How about, what's your message? If you had to give a message right now to Mark Mongo. Stop talking like Mike Francesa and grow up. That's what I would say. All right. <laughs> and... <laughs> What would your message be to Andrew Sports Fan on Twitter? Nothing. I I have nothing to say. Nothing to say <laughs> about him. All right. I don't know. Right. I don't know him that well. That's the thing. Well, here's the thing. He might. He's going to run for mayor, so you'll get to know him. Uh, <laughs> if you listened to our show last week, he announced he's going to run for mayor. Uh, he's only going to be 22. He's going to be 22 at the time, so technically he cannot. Uh, but he said he's going to run, and Taylor Swift will be there to sing him in at his inauguration. I don't know about you, but I'm still on 22. Listen, he can't be worse than the current mayor of New York. My God, he's bad. Oh, thank God. Oh. Thank away, God, John. Yeah, you know, I, so, so Leslie, just so you know, we've been making the rounds on Mongo Nation. You're the third, uh, third WFN super user that we've had on, and uh, we always ask about de Blasio. And I still, I think it was, it was the fifth or sixth episode, I still haven't had anyone on that said, Hey, I like Bill. He's the best. Thank God for all the homeless piss. The city is terrible. He's ruining it. Holy shit, the guy's terrible. Ah, oh, I hate ho- him. There's, there's homeless people all over the streets of New York. Whether it's Uptown Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, Penn Station, the Fort Authority Bus Terminal, 
It's just disgusting. I mean, I, not as, yeah, and, someone, and yeah, go ahead. Someone else who really hates the Bosio is Ranting Rubin on Twitter, Jared Rubin. You and him always seem to go at it over like the stupidest things. Like, for instance, you're at you, you love to go to Nets games and say the environment here sucks or you know, it's empty, which is true. And then <laughs> you guys get an argument. Or uh, another thing happened last year where you went to the Subway Series game, yeah. you got there late, you left early, and he was like, you wasted your money, why'd you do that? And he's like, I can't deal with these Yankee fans. So what's, like, what's you got your guy difference on Twitter? And, or do you just you I, I have a friendly have, feud? I don't have a difference with him or anyone on Twitter, to be honest with you. It's all fun and games, okay? It really is. There's nothing personal. Listen, when you have different sports opinions, there's always going to be heated. There's always going to be a uh, heated passion from uh, from fans. I mean, it's like religion or politics. When you start talking about religion and politics, people are going to be passionate about their certain subject that they like. And that's, that's the idolatry we have in our society. So, you know, at the end of the day, you got to take it with a grain of salt. You can't take it personally. I mean, it's right. just sports. And then another thing that happened on Twitter with you and him is, you really went out on a limb, like so far out of limb. When the Warriors won their 50th game, you said, I think the Warriors are going to win the NBA Finals. How did you but, come up with such a theory? But, but, but here's the thing, though. Well, because of Steph and Clay, they're, they're not going to be denied this year, especially Steph. But you know what? The best teams don't win, though. That's the problem. I can see the they won last year. Best team won last yeah, year. But, but yeah, but you know what? And the Spurs are pretty good. They could beat the Warriors. They're the only team I trust. You know, the best teams don't win. Look at Michigan State. I picked them to win the national championship, but you know what? They got they got their rears kicked by Middle Tennessee State, and they got outcoached, outworked, outplayed everything. So, yeah, I, uh, guaranteed. I, I, know I, very, I know it's a very touching, touchy subject for you. As fact, yeah. if anyone wants to check out Lover of Detroit on Twitter, that's all you tweeted about. Uh, and we're going to get to your Detroit sports sports club in a little bit. But right now, we do have a caller on the line who's been on hold prior to you even calling in. Uh, okay. New York caller, what's your name, where are you calling from, and what's your question for Larry? Uh-oh, this is, uh, this is Sully from Rockaway. Oh, boy. What's up, Larry? Right. Hello, hey, there, Ed. How's everything? Oh, everything is great, Ed. How are you? I want to wish you a happy birthday, by the way. You know, you're not going to <laughs> But my birthday is in October, Ed. Okay. Oh, sorry. I thought it was yesterday. Sorry. My bad. Yeah. And I want to <laughs> just say uh, congratulations to Michigan State and Team Hall this year. They did very well. <laughs> you know? And uh, where's, uh, where do you uh, rank uh, Jim Munson and uh, uh, the pretender of uh, coaches? Well, Jim Munson, I think he's a terrible coach. I think he's a bum. I think he's a criminal. I think uh, he's a joke. <laughs> just like Christopher Gasco of Richfield Park High School. He's an embarrassment. And uh, <laughs> just, just, you can mute me right after this, but hail Seidel uh, and hail Dusky. That's <laughs> yeah, never changed. But you know, Munson's a clown, though. You're, you're a man's man. Yeah, thank you. But Munson's a jackass, though. I'm so glad he retired. He was a terrible head coach. He won nothing. And, uh, you know, Tottenville High School could be better off without him. Tottenville is a better place than Jim Munson. I think he won two titles, though. Who? Munson. Munson? You know, Munson is a mongol at the end of the day. He's nothing more than a mongol. 
You know who else is a Mongo? You, because you're a Mongo. That's <laughs> crazy. And it was, it was L-Dunky. Twitter name. I could be a special Mongo, that's for sure. So uh, I wanted to ask Leslie, why was that account suspended? Oh, you know what happened? Uh, me and this guy, Dennis, we got into it, and I think Dennis complained to me on Twitter, complained about me on Twitter, and that's what my account got suspended. Interesting, interesting. Uh, yeah, he, got upset. he got upset because I, I criticized, uh, he got upset because uh, I ripped the Jets for trading Tebow, and he got all defensive, and uh, that's why I got uh, suspended. Ah, interesting. Uh, and uh, <laughs> what happened, I have a, we have a question in the chat here from Jay Rubin. What happened to your boyfriend or Tatis? You guys are so close on Twitter. All of a sudden, you know what? Let me here. let me tell you about this dope. He's a good guy. I like him. I think he's a great character. I think he's a great. Wait, fan. let me tell you something else about him. He's the only guy to hit two grand slams in one inning. Yeah. Boom. That is not really Fernando Tatis. It's just some dude. That nice new username is Pablo Osuna, a former reserve by the White Sox. <laughs> you got you got you got catfish by Pablo Osuna. I'm 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 gonna be honest with you. I thought that was really real. I thought that was really <laughs> deep. But we I all did. I think. Uh, pretty sure everybody I, thought it was him. I thought I was skeptical a little bit, but I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. But it, it just became. Then I started figuring out he was a troll, you know. Now he's using Pablo Osuna, who plays, who used to play for the White Sox. Well, like I said, Pablo Osuna was catfishing you as Andrew Tatis. He's a good fan, dog. He's a good. He's a good fan. But I wish he would cut it out playing so, I mean, baseball player. If you recall, if you recall, Rancid Rubin tweeted you last year. He said he said that he wanted you, him. Me and Fan Patis to go to the Subway Series game, and Fernando was like, "Definitely, I'll pick up Leslie," but it never happened. <laughs> I guess I guess Pablo Azul was too busy playing in Mexico or something to get to the yeah, game. Yeah, something like yeah. I'm sure he's busy in Mexico. This Pablo Azuna character. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Uh, and Claude, uh, before we let you go, you have any other questions for Leslie? No, just hail Dusky. Hail Dusky. <laughs> all right. And Leslie, you have any message? Any message for him before we let him go? Ed, never change. Be the best ball you can be. Never change. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Leslie. You can just mute me because I can't listen to this. All right. Very inspirational uh, words there for Leslie. Maybe you should get that on a T-shirt. Uh, speaking of T-shirts, Leslie, we really like your red T-shirt with Eric Wedge on, the, uh, <laughs> on your shirt. Hey, uh, Eric Wedge will be the Blue Jays manager in July. I mean, what? Eric Wedge, like, do you think Eric Wedge should take over for your Tigers, Brad Ausmus? Of course. I think he's a great manager. Wedge is a very good manager. Look, yeah, look what Are he did not- Cleveland. Look what he did in Seattle. He he married rebuilding teams, and he won with them. They didn't win anything. Those teams haven't won anything. Where's their rings? Yeah, listen, he was five minutes away from going to the World Series in 2007 with the Cleveland Indians. He was five minutes away. <laughs> five minutes? Baseball? Listen, close doesn't count. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Close doesn't win you anything. Nobody yeah, wins close. I understand, but Cleveland's a small market team, and he was inheriting a rebuilding situation. And same thing with Seattle. He inherited a rebuilding situation. Now, what, what, do, you think about, what do you think about Brad Ausmus, though, Leslie? 
I don't think he's a good manager. I don't think he knows how to manage situational baseball. I think it's just too long. I think he goes with so many righty-lefty matchups in the bullpen. I just don't think Osmus has a good feel for the game. I, what? Brad Osmus should be Brad Awesome. The guy's a great manager. He knows the game. He's a, a scholar of the game. The guy could, could work in the, the front office of a team. He, he, he's a... Dude, he's not good. Brad Osmus? He's good. He's not a good manager. I'm telling you. I, I, I'm surprised he's back. I, I didn't want him back. What? But... Listen, that team last year underperformed because of that shit roster. It had nothing to do with him. You, you can't manage your way into to players not being old and shitty. Yeah, that's true. I mean, listen, the roster was not good. The bullpen stunk. The injuries happened with Annabelle. And, you know, the starting rotation was in tatters for the most part this year. And then you trade David Price. It became a mess. I mean, How about Cespedes? You traded the gold glove winning Cespedes. Yeah, for for the great Louis Sester and Michael Fulmer. But Louis Sester's a Yankee now. Yeah, did you see the Yankee? Did, yeah. Did you guys see the uh the Cespedes play today where the yeah, ball went into the wall and he just stood there? Uh, what oh, a dumbass. You know what? Uh, you know what? I I can't get worked up about that. I mean, you know Cespedes is going to perform when the season starts. And listen, guys are getting bored. You get bored playing spin training exhibition games up to three weeks. Uh, it happens. I can't watch an exhibition game anymore. In any you get so bored, you can't pick up a ball. <laughs> yeah, my thing with Cespedes is the guy has all all the talent in the world. He's you know he, he's essentially he's Manny Ramirez, where he's physically gifted, like phenomenally. Five tools, excellent. But between the ears, he gets distracted. He got distracted playing the field in the World Series. You tell me he's bored in the World Series? Maybe the guy's just okay. worried about smoke cigars right, and doing stupid shit. After seven months of baseball, you get bored. It's a World I'm Series! I'm going to give Seth a pass. I think he was playing hurt. His, his, his arm was hurting. He, he wasn't even fit to play in the playoffs. After he got injured against the Cubs, he never was the same. I mean, I, I'm not, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. This is my problem. My problem is this. All right, he's hurt then. Was he hurt today? Because he's done this kind of stuff quite a lot. He kind of takes – he just gaps. He just, you know, mental farts. He just, oh, oh, shit, oops. Oh, that ball hit at me? I was looking at the girl with a huge ass in, in the my only problem with, my, only problem with, my only problem with Cespedes is that he refuses to play some right field. He would help the team if he said, I'll play some right field. Because then when Granderson fixed, you don't have to put out Andre the Aza in the game. You could play Lagaris and just put Cespedes in right field. But he doesn't want to. Uh, Leslie gets five in the chat, says, Leslie is such a shill. If Cespedes is on the Yankees, Leslie would call for a test. Well, who said that? Gets five. Gets five. I, I think it might have been our caller. Uh, I think oh. uh, maybe not. I'm not sure. Not, oh, not probably really sure. Jay. Probably this was Jay. Wilson. Again, I'm not going to get freaked out about Cespedes' play or what have. I didn't see the play today, but I'm not going to get freaked out about spring training games. It's just silly. I mean, this is about getting work in. That's all there is to it. Let the guy get was, work and, and that guess five is JBK345. Now, who is that? Uh, I think, John, maybe you know his name. Who is that Mongo on Twitter? Uh, and he's, he's always like, he's always tweeting about how great the Yankees are, and he'll just make up anything. Nick and Babylon or something? Nick and Babylon? Oh, now, yeah, Leslie, yeah. I, know, I know you interact with him. What do you think of him? Yeah. 
I like Nick. I think he's he's a character. He makes me laugh. I mean, he's funny. I mean, you gotta say Nick is more of a shit. He's more of an act. That's it. I mean, you can't take him seriously. He, he's just a guy that likes to clown around with fans and local media and get some jollies about it. But you can't ignore him. I mean, I, I find Nick to be funny. I find I find Nick to be knowledgeable. I find Nick to be funny. And I find Nick to be a Yankee shell, but he's he's a good good character. I like him. Uh, and now Sully on Twitter says, "I'm with Leslie. Seth Smith is great, just like Leslie." So, uh, <laughs> I guess you guys are similar, and you must have your own walk-up music as well for when you get up to bed and go listen, to the bathroom or something. Listen, listen, Sully gets it. It's a preseason game. I mean, let's not get freaked out about this. It's just, you know, listen. You get bored playing preseason games up to a while. It, it, it becomes a meaningless exercise. Uh, you want to yeah, listen, listen, Leslie, I completely agree. The problem is it's a pattern of misconduct. The guy has done it, and he did it in the World Series. And, you know, he, he said, like, it's one of those guys where baseball comes so easily to him that he doesn't have to try. Guess what's going to happen? He's on the other side of 30 now. See, that, yeah. Those guys always fall off a cliff because they don't put the extra work in. Well, we'll see what happens. But I'm not going to get worked up about it. I mean, and the World Series, again, I think he was playing hurt. Uh, listen, he did not have a great World Series. I'm not going to tell, tell you that. But I'm not going to tell you he was great. But uh, to his credit, he was playing hurt. He wasn't the same when he got hurt. That's all there is to it. So he'll get yeah. a test for me for now. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, guess I, I guess I could give him the benefit of the doubt, too. It's just... You know, um, he's getting paid a lot of money now. When you when you well, make money like that, you got you got to perform. He he was hurt, I think, in the World Series this year, and I'd expect probably thirty five home runs, around one hundred and twenty some RBIs. So I'll take that with his center field. Uh, yeah, and you have to understand you know, something. Whatever. And you have to understand something. He's playing for a new contract next year. He can opt out after the season, so he has a lot to play for. I doubt he's going to tank. He he needs that last contract before he retires, so he's going to play hard. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I actually, so I'm, I'm really, I always kill Sandy because, you know, uh, he's made a lot of boneheaded moves, but the way that he got Cespedes to agree to this one-year deal, just waiting him out, I got to applaud him. You know, that was a really good deal. It was really good for, for the Mets. It, it helped that Cespedes wanted to come back. He wanted to stay in New York. He That's liked the line. He made. And the Mets we have another caller here for you. Uh, it's your it's your good your good Twitter buddy, Ranton Rubin. Jared, what's going on? You there, Hello. Jared? Yeah, hey Nick, what's up, man? All right, Hello. we got Jared and Leslie on the call here. Uh, Jared, any questions for Leslie in regards to maybe the NBA Finals? Oh yeah, no, I was uh, I was pretty impressed by his pick with the the, the Golden State Warriors. So I was just wondering if he's if they're gonna yeah. sweep if they're gonna sweep the Cavs in the finals. Now they'll win. Uh, they'll win in five. They'll win in five. Uh, I, I can't see the Cavaliers getting swept, but I would love to see them get swept. But I don't think it's gonna happen. They'll they'll win this in five. They'll win this easily. I mean, <laughs> the Cavaliers. It would, you know what? I'm gonna go on a limb right now. The Raptors will be in the NBA Finals this year. Oh. I'm actually watching. Uh, actually, the Nets are actually beating Cleveland right now. They're up 97, 92. It's probably the first time I've watched a basketball game in like two months. Yeah, Brooklyn's looking good with this new coach. They're they're playing a lot better. 
Yeah, but he's not going to be back. Tony Bones is not going to be back. No. Jared, what do you, Jared, how do you feel about Leslie thinking that the Barclays is a great environment for hockey? No, no. For, for ba- it's made for basketball and concerts. It's yeah. For hockey, there, there's blind spots. I agree with you, Jared. I mean, I don't think Brooklyn's a hockey town. It's just not. It's uh, People in Brooklyn just like basketball. They go to the games just to have fun. That's all there is to it. And b- before the uh, before the Brooklyn uh, before the Nets game tonight, they did the lo- there's going to be the Long Island Nets. It's going to be the Nets uh, D League team, mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to be playing in Long Island. I don't know if they're going to be playing at the Coliseum or uh, or where. You know, they can play at the YMCA because nobody's going to those games, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah, most <laughs> likely. But rumor has it here yeah, the Barclays and Islanders are not happy with their partnership for next year or the year after they have an opt-out clause. So the Islanders might. The Islanders might leave Brooklyn, and where are they going to end up? They're going to end up in the Prudential Center while they wait for something to happen in Long Island. I think they're going to stay at Barclays until they get their new arena in Long Island. I mean, they're not playing in New Jersey. They're not going to be Yeah, I mean, well, it was a 25-year lease, I think, that, yeah, they, yeah. that they signed the, up the, for. The, the thing is, they have the opt-out after three years. After that, they have to wait for 25. So if they really are not happy, they should get the hell out of there because it's an awful place for hockey. Me and Jared went to the Panthers-Islanders game. We were like two of like the 50 people there, uh, and it was just completely empty. Uh, it was pretty. It was there was a fight going on because security couldn't. They couldn't understand why the hockey fans were getting rowdy. Uh, and, and I have a question from Twitter here from Sully Leslie. Uh, tell us about your time at the Barclays uh, with the hipsters. Oh yeah, I was at the Nets Raptors playoff game, Game Five, two years ago. I was sitting next to a bunch of hipsters. These guys. Acted like they didn't give a hoot about the game. They didn't care. They just sat there and had a good time, laughing, didn't pay attention to the game. I mean, you're, we're talking about game four, okay? The Nets had to win that game to get to game five against Toronto. Yeah, actually, I'm sorry, game six. Yeah, game six. Um, you know, the, the fans just didn't seem to pay attention in game six. And the Raptors could have won that series, but... It just shows you these hipsters don't care about sports, and nobody cares about the Nets. No one, no one cares. So, and that's what I thought it was. I thought it was stupid to, for the Nets to move to New York. They need to go to Seattle. They need to go to a place where basketball is appreciated. Brooklyn's not for the Nets. Really uh, the, the, Nets the Nets will be good. The Nets will be better before the Knicks get good. Well, the Knicks. Uh... Well, let's not let's not get crazy. The, the, the Nets are in a lot of trouble as well. They basically traded away, you know, draft picks for old men. Like, hey, let's get Boston's old ass team in here and try. I'm yeah, a they, they got the guy from the Spurs. Uh, what's his name? Running the show. They got the Spurs old yeah. assistant GM. He, the, the, the Nets yeah, will be Sean fine Marks. in a couple of years. Yeah, they, yeah, they got good yeah, young talent. Yeah. So, and Jared, uh, any any message for Leslie here in regards to him blowing us off? Last year with the teeth and not coming. Oh no, back. I'm just, I'm just pissed. He, uh, he, he scared Tatis away, man. We, we were gonna, you know, we we're gonna start going to games with Tatis. He was gonna start falling in his beers. Be he was gonna be on softball team. Yeah, we were gonna get him to softball games, and then I don't know, he just disappeared because Leslie was just ODing on Twitter. This <laughs> uh, is not real, though. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's some character, but I, I don't know why he wants to use Pablo Osuna. I don't get it. Pablo Zuna? Hey, Pablo Zuna, uh, pretty utility man. 
Uh, Liz, I got so many questions here for you. So, obviously, we know you're a huge sports fan. Do you have any other interests other than sports? No, that's basically it. I mean, I go to sports bars, but I go to watch sports and eat. So Sports bars. So what do you think about the sports bars in New York? You know what? It's not really that great. I mean, the people that go to sports bars just go to get drunk and have a good time. It's just what? Are you not? Yeah. Leslie, are you not? New York City has some of the best sports bars in the country. I used to... Oh, I used to I used to live down south. I used to live um, down near Jacksonville, Florida when I was in the Marines. I got stationed down there. And I can tell you right now, sports bars anywhere outside New York City fucking suck. They suck. They don't have real fans. We have real fans here. We, we got people who are calling my friend's ass out of yell at him. That, that doesn't happen anywhere else in the country. Nobody has better fans than New York. And sports bars in New York are phenomenal. There's TVs everywhere. It's great. It's the best bar. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, but the problem is nobody's watching. They're either eating or laughing or drinking or just talking among each other. I mean, every day we talk about sports. Like, I was at Dalton's Bar and Grill Tuesday night to watch the Wild and Black, the Wild and the L.A. Kings, and I was the only one being into the game while everybody was just not paying attention. They were just talking and fooling around. They didn't watch anything. Right, hold on. Well, Jerry, Jerry, do you want to take this one as to why people in the New York sports bar didn't care about the Minnesota Wild hockey game? <laughs> oh, no, thanks. I'll pass on that. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Listen, yeah, right. you're talking, talking about a hockey game that doesn't have a local team in it, and a hockey game that no one watches. It's you and, like, the scouts are the only people watching. The guy's mom is the only guy watching it. Who cares about an <laughs> NHL game? From Minnesota. No, that's I don't want to be there. Okay, that's, that's fair. I'll tell you what. I'm going to go back to the bar in two weeks for the Mets Royals game and the Tigers Marlins game. I'll do that bar another chance. But I just never get the feeling they're into it. It's just. I well, mean, but you know what? You know what good bar you should go to. And uh, yeah. I used to work at it in Staten Island. John, why don't you tell Leslie about this bar? You should check out Staten Island. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give it a little plug. So I used to work at I used to bartend on Sundays to do football, and we do the football pools and stuff. Um, and it was called Union Hall. It's on Henderson Avenue. It's right. It's kind of right near the ferry if you if you ever get the chance. Um, oh, nice. Where is it? In Staten Island. It's uh, on Henderson Avenue. It's called Union Hall. Um, Chicken wings are really good, and they they do a really nice spread for uh, football. If you're in the Monday night rollover, um, he has a Super Bowl party. And the, the number rolls over, over and over and over and over, and the money grows, and whoever wins it, you know, sometimes it's up to like four or five grand. But um, if you're in the pool, you get to drink and eat for free during the Super Bowl. So Super Bowl party is like a real blowout. So it's really great. But um, oh, it's hardcore sports yeah, fans. Yeah, normally I watch Super Bowl at home, though. That's the thing, though. I I, I like to be alone. Yeah, that's the best place. But uh, the Union Hall, good thing. They have something really good, and it might come in handy again this season. Every time Geno Smith throws the interception, everybody gets a free shot. (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, yeah, so I started that, um, you know, that first year of Geno just sucking it up. And then uh, my boss, the guy, Kevin, who owns the place, he was like, we're giving away too many shots. All right, give him a shot every time Gino throws a touchdown. <laughs> you see the uh, the RG3 deal? Yeah, he's the Browns, yeah. Well, what a steal. He's guaranteed only like $3 million or something. He's going to be good this year, I think. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's worth the gamble. Yeah, yeah you got him for And you know Hugh Jackson knows how to work with quarterbacks, so this is a good move for Robert Griffin. I was hoping he would be a Jet because mm-hmm. – I don't know if Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to come back. I think he will now because I don't think the teams are going to pay him that type of money that Fitzpatrick thinks he's going to get. 
I think the Jets are in a good position to get Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right. Back. Well, especially after the contract that you know that Cleveland just gave RG three, which is not a lot of money at all, guaranteed. I think that's going to help the Jets case. If anything. Fitzpatrick deserves Osweiler money though. Uh, or at least, at least Sam Bradford money, because he's better than Sam Bradford. Absolutely. Yeah, but you Sam know, Bradford should never have gotten anywhere near 18 million. No, absolutely not. But if I'm, if I'm Ryan Fitzpatrick and I'm his agent, i got to say, if this bum is getting this much money down the turnpike, you got to pay me the same amount. No, you're right. That's the argument that you should make. You're right. Yeah, so don't look uh, too much into the RG3 deal, though, because you got to realize that guy's been horrendous. Like he had a really great rookie year. He got hurt again, you know, the stinky leg. And then he's just been horrendous ever since. He's not the same player. Right. So that deal that he got isn't first-round draft pick money. That's this broke guy off the bench. Hopefully yep. he can give you something. You don't know what you're going to get, you know? By the way, it's official. The Nets beat Cleveland by Yay! 11. Yeah. Whoa. Big LBJ one. in the house. <laughs> LBJ! LBJ did not play well today. Uh, <laughs> You know what? I hope the Cavs. I hope the Cavs lose in the first round because after what LeBron did to David Blatt, I lost a lot of respect for LeBron. Oh, for I mean, sure. David Blatt was a scapegoat. Uh, if they lose the finals this season, uh, obviously then Tyrone Lewis should be fired because David Blatt had the team in first place. And the other yeah. ridiculous thing is that at the All Star game, freaking Tyrone Lewis coached the Eastern Conference All Stars. That's a joke. Yeah, that's a joke. Walton wasn't allowed to coach. The West, because technically, even though he won 40 games, none of them counted. So Greg Popovich was the coach. That's why the NBA is ridiculous. You know who's going to win every year. We know it's going to most likely be Warriors versus the Cavaliers, unless somehow, you know, could it maybe the Spurs or possibly the Celtics or Athens. But other other than that, no one has a shot. The NBA has no parity. That's why it's terrible. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and, and then people are calling up WFN every day talking about the NBA now. Uh, so that's a transitional question uh, from Remark here, actually. So, Leslie, how long have you been listening to WFBN, and when did you decide to start calling? Okay, I, I started listening to the fan in 1997. I just I, Because I was so into sports at the time, I decided to try sports radio for entertainment. Because, remember, I never had cable. So I needed something to, to be entertained, so I, just, I decided to try sports radio. And I fell in love with it. Uh, I love listening to Iron Eagle, Joe Benning on the overnight when he was really good, you know, and then Mike and Chris when they were good, and Bob Schusen. I enjoyed listening to these guys, and I just became addicted. But then I stopped listening to the fan in 2001 because I had a problem with the lack of Nets coverage. When the Nets were going to the NBA Finals, nobody talked about the Nets. And that kind of bothered me. Even though nobody cares about the Nets, it's the fans' duty to talk about the Nets. That's their job. They play in this market. The talkies have to do their job. I started listening to the fan again in 2008 because I became friends with Mark Malusis. I watched Mark on The Real House on SNY, and me and Mark would talk on Facebook, and we really connected and bonded so well. So I went back to listen to the fan again. And then I started calling Mark in 2008, and then I became addicted to calling sports radio. Leslie, Leslie, I got I got to tell you a little bit about the the Nets there and why they didn't talk about it. And I'm gonna sort of you know take my princess's uh, you know persona on this one. The reason they didn't talk about it is because no one cares. They only talk yeah. about what people want to listen to. It's all about ratings. So if people really wanted to hear the Nets, they would talk about it. It's the same reason why they don't talk hockey. There's not enough fans. Nobody cares. <laughs> 
Hey, listen, on the fan, I'll tell you something. They cringe if you talk hockey in uh, during the regular season. They cringe. You get a warning, which is so stupid. You know. Why? Yeah, I mean, they should definitely. They should. Yeah, they do. They do warn the hosts. You know, don't talk about hockey unless it's like a really big, you know, Rangers Islanders game or something for first place or whatever. Uh, but they don't want. They don't want you talking about hockey to the postseason for some reason. So Leslie, I know you also do listen to ESPN Radio. So. Uh, I don't think only ninety eight point seven. I mean, I really don't because the station's terrible. There's not many good talkers. I like you know, Robin Lund- I like Robin Lundberg, but he's only good when he talks basketball. When he talks other stuff, I can't pay attention. I what do you think about Michael, the Michael K show? It's it's terrible. It's How about uh, Rick D Rick D Pietro? It's nothing special either. It's just it's too corporate. Can we can we all agree here that? Rick DiPietro has no business having a radio job in New York during the afternoon. And then also, Michael Tay's show needs to, like, include Don LaGreca in the name because he's the co-host, and he's pretty good. Yeah, You know what's the problem with 98.7? I think they're content being second place. I think they're just happy just to be on in New York. That, that's their problem. They don't want to make it better. Could they be. don't want to make it great. They're just happy to be on the air. They're happy right. to be on the ESPN affiliate. That's all there is to it. I mean... They don't care about beating the fan. I mean, yeah, but you know what? You think about, like, Frances is going to retire soon. You know, Steve Summers is, like, 85 years old. <laughs> Joe B is going to retire. Joe B is going to retire. The fan is going to be, if you look, like, five years down the road, not even, probably less than five, the fan is going to be horrible. It's going to be, like, also, almost, you're not going to I have news for you. I have news for you. I think the fan is horrible now. CBS is looking to sell all their radio properties. So I actually wouldn't even be too surprised if ESPN bought WFAN and then that was it. They just like they bought the competition and that's it. The fans right. are gone. Uh, I mean, but, even now, like the Yankees are on the fan, which is that that bothers me here in Yankee games. Oh, it's the worst. I uh, hate uh, the worst thing is when I put the fan on at one o'clock, thinking I'm going to listen to Mike, and mm-hmm. I got to hear. Exactly. They should not be on the fan. I can't stand those. Yeah, it's not good. It's basically only going to be ESPN Radio, you know, uh, in New York that we're going to be able to listen to for sports because we're not going to, you know, want to listen to Boomer and Cotton in the morning or, you know, who are we going to have, Evan? Evan so Roberts? So, obviously, Jared is not a huge fan of those guys, but Leslie, who are, who are your favorite hosts on the fan right now, and who do you who do you enjoy talking to the most? Um, who your, okay, my, my favorite is Jordy McDonald, Mark Melusis, John Dostromsky, and Lori Rubinson. Now, who uh, are you talking Jarrett's a big fan of Lloyd Rubinson. Oh, she's oh, great. She's great. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, my favorites are Jody Mack, Mark Melusis, John Dostromsky, and Lloyd Rubinson. Now, who I enjoy talking to on the fan? John Dostromsky. Because he lets me talk for a good 10 minutes, and our conversations are just so good. We really bond and click. I mean, we always. John has a uh, John has a story about him and uh, JJ back in high school in the in the lunchroom cafeteria. If you want to share that. Yeah, sure. So, you there, John? We lost the co-host. Can right. you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Leslie was just talking about how he loves talking to JJ on the radio. Yeah. Yeah, so Leslie, a uh, little story that you probably don't know. Um, I actually went to high school with John Scrimps. He and him are pretty good friends. Uh, I actually tagged him on Facebook today, telling him that we we're going to talk to you. Um, so he used to <laughs> he used to basically do the radio show, but 
just argue about sports because you know the guy's lives in New York, but he's a Yankee fan. Boring. Like, how do you how do you understand on becoming a Yankee fan? Uh, a Dolphins fan. Like, how do you become a Dolphins fan? And we played high school baseball together. Um, you know, I I sucked, but uh, he sucked too. So make sure you tell him <laughs> next time next time you see him. Yeah, say John Brown told me you sucked at baseball. <laughs> listen, listen. I sucked worse. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've been on hiding with John Dostrowski because I didn't want to talk about Michigan State losing to Middle Tennessee. So I'm taking some time off with him until the baseball season starts. Right. So, uh, now, Leslie, who are, who are your least favorite hosts on the fan? Uh, there, there are so many. I would go with... I would go with Steve Summers. I think he's horrible. I don't think he's funny. I don't think he talks much about sports. He's just gotten really old over the last, like, five, ten years. He's gotten really old. And not only that, you can't really have a conversation with Steve because Steve is enough when it comes to talking sports. He's just – he doesn't pay attention. He just – I don't think he understands the nuances of the game anymore. I don't think he he gets into the nuts and bolts. He's just not my type. He's just – Steve relies on bits. He relies on comedy. And that's not my type of sports radio. And now, uh, so he's your least favorite. So who are your, who's your favorite producer, and who do you think is the best producer on the, on the fan or CBS radio? Okay, for you know who I like, uh, Matt Casey, um, who's the producer on the on Saturday nights. Matt and I have our great conversations. I love Matt Casey. He's funny. He, he he and I can talk forever. He and I just click. And Matt's good with callers. He really is. He has a good personality, and he's very personable with people. And there's a lot to like about Matt. He's he's just great. What about Anthony Gallo? I I don't, I don't know him that well actually. I only talked to him once. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. He says you're a legend. Uh, and who do you think is the who do you think the best producer on the fan? Best producer, um, Al Dukes. Al really? Yeah, really, I, Al Dukes. Uh, I, I think Al's great. He he does a great job coordinating the show on Boomer and Carter. He, he really does. I just wish he worked with better hosts. I wish he was in the midday show because I think the midday show would be good if Dukes was running it. Because who do you want? Who do you want Dukes to replace on the midday show? Ernie. Yeah, uh, Ernie Acosta. He's just a jackass. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, uh, well, we had this question on Twitter. Uh, why are you afraid of Sean Morash or Morat Moraz? Am I right? Okay, she, she, Sean Morash is just a stupid little nut. He's just a stupid moron. Uh, uh, Leslie, I gotta correct you. He is definitely not little. Oh yeah, he's a fat, heavy moron. Sean <laughs> Morash is nothing more than a giant shell. Listen, I think he wants to work for the New York Giants. Uh, that's what his career is. He wants to do work with the New York Giants, do TV, uh, produce shows for the Giants. And that's why he's going to be a show for the Giants. He doesn't want to work on radio. He doesn't want to be a producer. He doesn't want to be the cold screen of So, so would, you consider, would you consider him like your least favorite producer? Mirage? Yeah. You know what? I, I may not like Sean, but he does work hard. I'll give him this. He does work hard. He puts how, do you feel work about him, how do you feel about him crying when Derek Jeter retired on the air? Oh, you know what? You know, this is just an ask by Sean. This is just a, a, a plea for attention. This is just a cry for help. That's what Sean Morash was trying to do. I mean, come My on. thing is, 
Tiffany's a very nice lady. The first time I met her when I was at the fan interning, she was like, oh, Merry Christmas. Here, gave me a gift for a, chocolate, a bag of chocolates. So I'm not going to say anything about her negatively. So, uh, Leslie, I, if, you had, if you had a chance to go to a, a sporting event with any host on WFAN, who would you go with? Would it be John, John, no, John Dostromsky. All right, John Dostromsky. Interesting stuff. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try to set that up for us, Leslie. We'll, we'll all go to a Mickey Monique. Yo, whatever would be good. Another person I would go, like to go to a game was Laurie Rubinson. Wait, you, I guess you want to go to a Jets game with her, right? Like a, a Jets preseason game? Because she likes to talk about the Jets preseason, right, Jared? When the Mets just beat the Nationals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she, she knows how to prioritize. After. So, Jared, why don't, you, why don't you fill Leslie in on that if he remembers when you guys are going at it on Twitter over that? Oh, dude, I don't, I, dude, I don't even remember. You probably remember it better than I do. But all I know is the Mets just beat the Nationals, right? Whether they just, uh, they, what was it, right before the postseason? Was it the final uh, series nah, of the regular season, or was it to we, clinch we the division? There. It was when they swept them on uh, Sunday Night Baseball. We went to, on the at the, wall, the uh, trading deadline weekend. Yeah. And she's talking about the Jets as the Mets just won. Yeah, yeah, she's talking football. Okay. Okay, I think what happened was she was going to talk about the Mets after the break. I think she was in the middle of a sentence with the Jets, and I think she was going to wait for the Mets after the break. That's probably what happened more than anything. But right. How is she not paying attention to the game? It was like it was such a big game. It was like that series was basically yeah. to put the division away, and she's talking about you know preseason Jets. I mean, come on. Yeah, but I think she was going to try to organize her talks. When the break started, then she would talk about the Mets. I just think she wanted to get the Jets thing out of the way. So this kind of, I mean, so basically this sounds like the beginning of a joke. Uh, Leslie, John Dostremski, and Lloyd Rubinson walk into a stadium. Uh, so that'd be a crazy trio getting together. But like John said, so what do you think, Leslie? Me, you, John, Jared, and JJ go to a go to a game this this time. Well, oh, that that would be funny. That would be hilarious. And Vince Sully too. Okay. <laughs> All right, right. you got to call Lori Rubin and ask her to come and see if Mark Melissa wants to come and tell Evan to come, but you got to tell her, obviously, you want to believe his wife at home. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, so, uh, obviously, like, uh, uh, our show usually is an hour, but it's going to keep going because Leslie's being hysterical here. Uh so, Jared, I, I know you're tired. If you want to hang up, you, you can. But we thank you for calling in tonight. No problem, guys. It's very been fun. Good. Very fun. Uh, All right, Leslie, take it easy. Call, if anyone else wants to call in, dial 1-724-444-7444. Enter the call ID 140618, followed by the pound tape. Leslie, we have another question for you on Twitter. Uh, we want to know mm-hmm. who are your favorite people to interact with on Twitter? Um, T. Kane. Who the hell's that? Uh, he's a guy from Seattle who hates Detroit sports teams. All right. And who is your uh, who are you, who is your favorite sports writer? I think we know your answer here. Yeah, Jeff, yeah, Jeff, yeah, Jeff Seidel. He's funny. He makes me laugh. He has a way with words. I mean, you got to say. Does he interact with you on Twitter? Yeah, of course. He follows me all the time, Jeff Seidel. Interesting, interesting. So, uh, Le- Le- Leslie, who's the most famous, like, of all the people that follow you on Twitter, who's, like, the, the most famous person that follows you? Ooh, that's a good question. I I probably have to say Jeff Seidel, I think, because, uh, yeah, probably him, because 
Uh, I don't think anybody at the fan really follows me that much. I think Dimitri Adratos, last year's Sports Greek winner, last year's mm-hmm. Sports Phenom winner, he follows me a lot, but he hasn't been on Twitter forever. How come Evan, how come Evan doesn't follow you? Oh, well, again, our relationship is strained. Uh, Evan got tired of me, and I got tired of him. So, you now, know. Now, rumor has it, uh, Evan had Ernie block you from calling in, and same thing goes yeah. with Al Duke and Brian Monza, you blocked from calling during the day. Is that true? Yeah, uh, Ernie doesn't want me on the show because he, he thinks I'm going to troll, I'm going to ruin the flow of the show. I'm going to make a mockery of the show. So, um, he doesn't want me on. And Bonzo, I'll say this, Brian's a good guy, but I don't think, yeah. Brian thinks I'm going to troll Mike. That's why he doesn't want me on. Yeah, I, I can't see you talking to Mike going too well. No, no, <laughs> you, know, you betcha, because I would troll Mike, and I would call Mike out for being dumb. And I would call Mike out for being a shell. Now, me and Mike, listen, Mike's a nice man. But I guess he's a lousy talk radio host. He's a he's mediocre. He's bland. Uh, he's more of a corporate guy what? now. He doesn't. What? Are you not? Are you not? Why is he a bad? talk show host? He's been on the air number one rating for twenty eight years. You know why? Because of Chris Russo. Chris Russo makes Mike better. Chris Russo hasn't been on the show since two thousand nine. Huh? Chris Russo hasn't been on the show forever. Okay, you know why Mike is famous? Because he has his psychopaths on Twitter. He has his supporters on Twitter. And they and they get prank calls. So he's famous because of that. His, uh, Mike, Mike is most famous now because of social media. Uh, we have another thing on Twitter here. Uh, from Sully, he says, uh, when the Ice Bucket Challengers go around, ALS, Jeff Seidel nominated you, but you didn't, yeah. you didn't answer the challenge. Is that correct? No, because nobody wants to throw water at me, so I let it go. I think Evan Roberts, after what you said tonight, might want to throw water at you. I'm sure. I would love that. You know, I would love to see that. Uh, now, Leslie, will we be seeing you, like, uh, down the shore this summer at Bar Right? My friend this last time back. No, honestly not. I, I don't have time for that because I, I'm not really good at being a big crowd. I'm really not. I can talk to maybe five, six people, but when it becomes very, very crowded. Well, no wonder why you don't like going to bars for sports games. They're probably like people just hanging over all over, just not yeah, really paying yeah, attention. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm not good with big crowds. I'm really not. All right, makes sense. Now, uh, what are your what are your favorite sports, or do you just like all sports? I'll be honest with you, I like all. But if I had to pick one, I would say baseball because it's so baseball. easy. To, because it's so easy to write. Mm. You can come up with so many stories about baseball. Stories, you can come up with right. so many. You can analyze so many angles of the game. And Even, uh, uh, obviously, so is it? Is, are the Tigers your favorite uh, baseball team, Detroit Tigers? Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Repeat that again. Are the Detroit Tigers your favorite baseball team? Yes, I love the Detroit Tigers. This is going to be our year. We'll win the World Series this year. Oh, with, you know why? Uh, John can tell you why. It's because of their manager. What should his name be again? Brad Alshermis. You know what? I think it's going to be Lloyd McClendon leading the Tigers to the World Series this Ooh. year. All right. Lloyd McClendon. What about Eric Butch? I think Butch is waiting for the Toronto job. Remember, Eric Rudd is a consultant in the Jays' front office, and he and Mark Shapiro know each other from their days in Cleveland. So if Shapiro is ready to fire Gibbons, 
he got his manager in Reg. So I think Reg is waiting for the Toronto job. And and Reg can win the championship with Toronto. When you look at that lineup they have, he can win with the Blue Jays. I don't think he would win with the Tigers. He's waiting for the Toronto job. Yeah, I think Actually, the Tigers... Go ahead, John. I think the Tigers missed their window, man. They got old. You know, they had a really good team a couple of years ago, but they stink now. You know, um, you know uh, what's his face? Um Will Lander. Oh, Will Lander, there you go. He's he's you know a shell of himself. Uh, he's still banging kid up and good for him. But you know you got you, you traded away that Prince Fielder for uh, Ian Kinsler. You know so your lineup took a little hit there. You know Miguel Cabrera is a drunk, so you don't even get out of him. Eh, <laughs> your team's well, not good, have, man. They do have they do have a Leslie's favorite baseball player playing the hot corner, Nick Castellanos. Leslie, why are you so obsessed with him? <laughs> I, I think Nick has been inconsistent at the plate. He he does he, he swings at bad pitches. I don't think he has a good feel for the ball when he plays. He's just I don't know where Nick Castellanos is. He's just he might be an ordinary third baseman at best. He's never going to be Josh Donaldson. All right. Why don't, why don't you uh, why don't you tell everybody about the time when Eric Wedge was doing baseball tonight with Adnan Burke and he kept tweeting Adnan Burke about Eric Wedge. Yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking about what Eric Wedge was talking, and then Adrian Work decided to tell Eric Wedge I was talking about him on Twitter, and Wedge got freaked out. I think. Yeah, they gave you a shout out on Facebook tonight. I was laughing hysterically. It's like two o'clock in the morning. I'm in bed, and all of a sudden I hear, "Oh, Leslie and Fort Lee said you're doing a great job, Eric Wedge." I'm like, "Wow, Leslie made it to ESPN finally." I think I think Eric Wedge was looking at my tweets, and I think I freaked out after a while. I well, you, like, tweeted, you tweeted about him like a hundred times in a minute. Yeah, I mean, I love Eric Wedge. You are known to have to tweet out like a hundred things in like two two minutes, and then be off Twitter for twenty three hours. How do you do so many tweets in in such a short time period? And I can only imagine like your mentions on a daily basis on Twitter, so people well, don't hate you. Well, I'm a fast typer. Right? I can type fast, so it's, it's, tweeting is very easy for me. I can type real quickly. All right, and how many people do you say will interact with you on a daily basis? Uh, probably 11, 12. A good, number, a good number of 15 people, I'll say. Interesting, interesting. And, uh, Leslie, uh, another question we have for you here uh, is, what is your favorite thing to eat when you go for Chinese food? What's my favorite Chinese food? Yeah. Ah, uh, dumplings. I love those dumplings. Pork? Yeah, I love those. Yeah, I like pork dumplings. It's so good. It is nice. So good. Fri- fried or steamed? Steamed. Steamed? Ah, fried. It's delicious. So it's hard and crunchy. Steamed's all soggy and gross. Ah, it's not. It's, it really isn't. I love steamed dumplings. It tastes so good. Leslie, do you eat your pizza with a fork and knife or your hands? Hand. Hand, all right. <laughs> uh, unlike, uh, unlike the mayor of New York City who ate it with a fork and knife. Yeah, uh, that, that's, what, that's what people in Chicago, the Chicago deep dish or whatever, this, what, whatever they serve. Right, they, you, right. That's how you eat with a fork. But uh, in New York pizza, you eat it up. Right. And, uh, and uh, Leslie, uh, what are, so what are, what are your other favorite sports teams, like other sports, hockey, basketball? Well, I like the Tigers. I like the Lions. I love Michigan State. Hockey, I don't have a favorite hockey team. I, I'm, I'm indifferent about hockey. I really, you know, 
I, I don't really. I mean, I watch hockey. I, saw you're, I don't a big, have... I saw you're a big, you're a big Minnesota Wild fan. Now. You told her. No, I, 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 I don't want the Wild yeah, I actually want the Wild to make the playoffs because I, I I love Minnesota sports fans. They're good fans. I mean, I engage with a lot of Minnesota fans, and I want to see Minnesota win a championship for one one time because that's it's a good sports state. I wouldn't mind living in Minnesota one day. All right, and uh, do you have any like Detroit ties, or why did you become a lover of Detroit sports? No, I only like Detroit because of Jeff Seidel because of my friendship with him. Interesting, interesting. Um, that's <laughs> pretty crazy. Uh, what are your favorite New York sports? My favorite New York sports? I love the Mets because they have built their team the right way. They got likable guys. They have an exciting pitching staff. Um, Terry Collins is a likable man. And, uh, you know, the Mets done it right building with young players, and they were patient. Even though we were never patient, they stuck to the plan, and they deserve credit for that. And, uh, yeah, the Mets have done this the right way. Instead of spending on free agency, they have developed players. They have built it through the farm system. And that's why the Mets are a popular team than the Yankees because of that. But the Yankees, over the years, they have relied on mercenaries. And I, th- th- that's why you see a lack of interest in the Yankees right now. And I think the Yankees figured it out. That's why they're trying to take a, take a page out of the Mets book and build from within. Now, will it work? I don't know. The problem with the Yankees Yankee fans have crazy expectations. They want to win a World Series every year. I don't know if the Yankees are a place for young players to learn on the job. It's a tough environment. Yeah, uh, very much true. The Mets, their New York team, they built this team the right way. We have a question on Twitter uh, from Sully. He says, Leslie does know Lori is a lesbian. Why did Leslie stop tweeting gay Minnesota? And that was my favorite account. <laughs> <laughs> I like I said, I tell Ed never change. He's he's a comedian. He's a character. He's a good guy and a character. The stuff right, whatever Robert sees about him, he's a he's a really a good person. And now we obviously know you're not a Mike Francesca fan. Uh what did you what did you think of what do you think about Francesca Kind? Would you ever go to one? No. Because I, I got better things to do in life than go hang out with his uh, psychopaths. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't want to go. I, I, it's, you know, Mike Francis is nothing more than a cult. Wow, a self-hating Mongo. Why, do, why is it a cult? Why do you hate all the Mike fans? You know, there's a lot of them. Okay, you know why? Because they they talk like him. They act like him. They they follow his orders. They bow down to him. They never disagree with him. They support him. It's just ridiculous. Especially Audio Mongo and Mark Mongo. Those two are the worst. And I don't like Audio Mongo, but... His love for Mike Francesca is just is creepy. It really is creepy. Uh, what do you think about the What do you think about the guys? Who, what do you think about the guys who created Francesca? You know what? They should they, they should find better things to do in their life. That's what I think. I mean, I mean, come on. That's like you don't see me uh, holding a Lori Robinson cam. You don't you don't see me ha- having a fit trying for Lori Robinson, do you? I, I, think, I think I think you should. <laughs> you definitely should. You know what? Uh, 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 worshiping Mike Francis's idolatry is like worshiping a statue, and you're not supposed to do that. I know if they have a cytokon, you'd definitely be at that. Uh, oh, yeah, sure, of course. For for just that, oh, yes. <laughs> now, obviously, we know you don't like Mike. You don't like his fans. Will you be either listening to or attending 
or calling into the Mike and the Mayor Dirt reunion show next week? I do work Wednesday night, unfortunately. Will you be uh, taping it or DVR or something? I'm going to watch it at work, maybe. I'm, I'll watch it at work, but I cannot call in. I mean, I'll watch it at work for sure. All right. Well, we definitely look forward. Uh, we're all looking forward to that show. It should be. Uh, yeah, I'm going to watch it too. I mean, I'm, yeah. even though I'm not, even though I'm not a fan of Mike, I'll watch it because I love Chris Russo. I think Russo is the best. He makes me laugh. He's entertaining, and he knows the sports that people give him credit for. He's uh, he's definitely one mad dog. That's for sure. Uh, and Leslie, we really, really want to thank you for coming on. It's been a hysterical. Oh, thank uh, almost, you. Almost an hour and ten minutes. Uh, hopefully, like I, this podcast will be up tomorrow, or if you listen to the podcast right now, we think that hopefully you could uh, share Thanks, that guys. on Twitter with all your followers. Uh, Leslie, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we let you go, or John, if you have any questions? Uh, I, I I just want to thank my Twitter followers for talking to me on Twitter every day and making my day great. And I love the questions from Ed and. And Jay, and I enjoy talking to you guys. It's a pleasure and it's a privilege, and I'm honored that I was selected to do this. Oh, well, you know, we're, we're on the Mongo tour right now. So we had to get the original Mongo on here. Uh, we liked your opinions. Uh, Thank so, you. Uh, you know, and we just want to let you know, like, uh, you know, you should definitely follow me and John on Twitter. And uh, just tweet the link out uh to, uh, all your followers when we get you the show posting, uh, and we'd love to have you on again in the future. Of course, I would like to do it again. I had a blast. Thank you again, guys. Thanks, right, Leslie. Thanks, Leslie. And for any of Leslie's followers that want to interact with me or John in the future, I'm on Twitter at Nick underscore Durst, and John's on Twitter at SI underscore sports. Uh, Leslie, thanks for calling in tonight. Uh, John, what's, what's your reaction to Leslie, the Leslie storm tonight? You know, um, I thought he'd be crazier. <laughs> he was actually, uh, his, a lot of his craziness, craziness that you see through the other end makes a little sense. The only thing that he got a little crazy that, like, sort of hit his normal Twitter persona was uh, the Evan Roberts getting married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty, pretty, pretty intense. We have to, like, somehow get Evan Roberts this party out. Um, <laughs> And before we end our show tonight, uh, we want to go back to something we plan to have, a weekly segment. Uh, and, John, why don't you give us your uh, Mongo of the Week? I think this is a certain some guy who works for the Daily News. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been Sean King for quite a while now. So uh, <laughs> I hate even talking about him because I feel like, I feel like I'm giving him press. But he works for that fucking rag. The Daily News, which is, is barely newspaper. It's basically the National Enquirer at this point. But uh, he wrote an article this week about how the war on drugs is a war on black people. And it's just, like, if you take a step back, if you really think about it, this guy, Sean King, is the biggest racist ever. And I'm not talking about, oh, he's a racist because he's a white guy in blackface, because he is. But he's a racist because he thinks that African Americans aren't, smart enough or aren't controlled enough or aren't responsible enough not to do drugs that they just can't help themselves and it's the white guy making all these laws just to lock them up. It's so condescending. It, it, he writes it like allegedly from a point of like being supportive. Like personal but yeah, but it's so condescending that like 
oh, they, of course they're going to smoke marijuana. Why else? They have to. Like, it's just so condescending. And the fact, you know, and that regular social justice warrior, it's all over websites like Salon or, you know, the Gawker, which is actually about to go out of business. Thank you, Hulk Hogan. But, you know, it, that's everywhere. So I just ignore all of that. So I don't even care. But the idea that, A, Sean King is in, quote, unquote, a legitimate media source because the Daily News, you know, used to be a real newspaper. But this is its death throttles just trying to get views. But the fact that the, the guy's a white guy and he pretends to be black, he got outed. It says on his birth certificate, white guy, police reports, white guy, white guy, white guy. But for whatever reason, our society is so politically correct that we just we, we can't say, hey, listen, you're fucking faking. What the fuck? Stop faking. You're not a black guy. It's, uh, it's, it's upsetting. It's really upsetting because, you know, he's trivializing any, every African-American in America that's ever had to overcome any type of, you know, affirmative action or, or any other kind of, you know, real race barriers that existed in this country for a long, long time. He's basically mocking all of it. He cuts hair really short so you can't tell if it's like white people hair or black people hair. But so anyway, I'm one of my uh, on the BMM Solutions Twitter handle. I actually posted a poll and it's a picture of him and his father next to each other. And it was, is Sean, Sean King black or not? And if you look at the pictures, he looks just like his father who's on his birth certificate, who's a white guy. And his remember, who's a white remember guy. grow your business with BM Solutions, BMM Solutions, helping your business evolve. Is it ever-changing online marketplace? Visit brightsellsmarketing.com for a free marketing evaluation today, and you can find them on Facebook as well and find uh, what John was just talking about. Yeah, so his recent article with the drugs and how saying it was just, the drug wars is just a way to get black people in trouble is ridiculous because it's a war on drugs, and it just so happens that these African-American poorer developments are selling drugs to make money. Well, it's not an attack on them. It's an illegal thing. So just, you know, stop selling drugs and you won't have to worry about winding up in jail. It's pretty simple to me. The, uh, the article is written from a perspective of that, like, they have no other choice but to sell drugs. And it's so condescending. Like, oh, my God. I re- First of all, I, I read, like, three quarters of it, and I wanted to fucking punch my laptop, so I had to stop reading it. The guy writes at, like, a third-grade level. It's fucking grammatically incorrect. He has run-on sentences. He's using the wrong tenses. It looks like he fucking wrote this from his phone. <laughs> but, but beyond that, you know, I, I want to talk about something on the show tonight, take a little serious swing about the, the terrorist attacks in Brussels. Now, um, you know, anyone who listens to the podcast probably knows that, you know, I'm a pretty strong Trump supporter. And, uh, you know, the I told you so stuff doesn't really doesn't help any of the victims out there right now. But I I think that, you know, we're really in danger in the West of becoming overly politically correct to the point where we see something. We don't say something because the the being labeled as, uh, you know, Islamophobic is worse than, you know, getting killed. So the idea that, you know, you you see this kind of behavior and it's it's like never ending and the media's reaction to donald trump's statements in january about you know brussels is a hellhole now because you know you have all these migrants who who don't assimilate and the the new york times wrote a big article about it and they basically blasted trump oh how could he say that he's a racist blah 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 you know fast forward 90 days and then you have um you, first of all you have uh, a neighborhood in brussels 
They have the most wanted man in the world, a man who's making bombs for a Paris attack. They're hiding him. They found him 500 feet from the place he grew up. So this, this community is hiding him. And then after, so they hide him. They finally find him. There's a terrorist attack a couple of days later, and they kill you know almost 40 people, injured 200 plus. It's it's insane, you know. Um, does Trump go a little overboard sometimes? Absolutely, but you know the idea that they do hate us is is real. And if you don't even, the fact that our president won't even say say what it is, he he won't even address it. You know he was. Yeah, it's really he, it's really it's just really a disgusting situation. Uh, you know Trump he's taking action online, just like given his thoughts on this. No one else is really speaking out on it. He knows it's a problem, and he wants to, he, needs, he knows it needs to be fixed, resolved, taken care of. He's planning to take care of it. Uh, you know, Trump loves America. He really, truly does, despite what many people might think. And one thing he really loves is he loves the military. He loves his vets. Uh, and transitioning to that, you know, the other day, there was a vet, uh, African-American woman, who uh, was at a Trump rally or something like that at Trump, one of the Trump hotels or the Trump Plaza. I'm not sure. Uh, and she was like, asking a question or whatever. And, you know, he, was, he went out of his way right there on the spot. He said, go come on stage, pulled her up on stage, and he gave her a job. Uh, this is just a perfect example that Trump is not a sexist and he's not a racist and he loves the vets. He loves the military. Uh, the, the military... Uh, and I'm sure, John, you know firsthand, yeah. it's, the back, it's the back room, it's the back door to the country, and we've got to keep the military strong, and everything else will fall into place. Yeah, you know, so when I first joined the Marine Corps, um, George W. Bush was the president, and for all of the faults that George W. Bush had, you got to say the guy really legitimately did love the military, and, and he loved the vets. You know, he, he made a lot of mistakes, but you could tell, like, as a person and in his heart. Um you know, it, it's 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 tough seeing the country the way it is right now. You know, with Obama, who's who doesn't give like you know a flying fuck, and this is Islamic Islamic terrorist problem. It's you know it really hits real close to home. Not only you know the events of 9/11 when both of us were in the city as you know children when it happened, but you know I wasted five years, the best years of my life, 18 through 22. You know, those are great years. You don't get them back. You know, fucking holding a rifle on a post, it sucked. And, you know, even closer to home, my brother lost his leg in Afghanistan. And after he was wounded, you know, he's in Walter Reed and, um, you know, he gets his purple heart or whatever. And he gets to meet President Obama and he meets the guy. You know, I got the picture in my living room, whatever. He said the meeting was like less than a minute. He basically wow. came over like, here you go, took a picture and fucking left. That was it. That's, uh, that's pretty disrespectful, if you ask me. Uh, sorry to hear yeah. about that. Pretty, pretty disgusting. We gotta, you know, give uh, give our support to those that are over there protecting us, keeping us safe here. Uh, that's why, you know, Trump Trump wants to say, you know, I don't really want to necessarily go and put our troops on the ground over there. Let me just drop a bomb and wipe out ISIS. I think that's a pretty good strategy. Yeah, you know, I um, I'm really pro. Trump's all about us not taking the lead for, you know, foreign engagements and other countries, you know, either A, sending in their troops or B, writing a check for us. You know, the war in Iraq, we spent $2 trillion. You know, I was complaining about that earlier, you know, which it's expensive. I get it. You know, we lost a lot of men and we ruined, you know, a generation of men who were post-match stress disorder. You know, they're, they're fucking blown up. They've got bad backs and missing out legs. You know, we, we created a generation of veterans. So, 
the idea that Obama just pulled this out of there and now it's a war zone, it's going through civil war all over again, completely destabilized, we got nothing out of it. You know, if we would have left troops there in a couple of years, it would be a normal, you know, it would be a, a, the West. If you look at anywhere else where we did regime change and we left troops there, you know, if you look at South Korea, it's one the of the, 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 the troops are still there. The troops are everywhere, it's, 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 except in the Middle East. Except in the Middle East. So, you know, in Okinawa, Japan, after World War II, we left the Third Marine Division there, and now Japan is, uh, you know, they play baseball. They're very Westernized. They have a great society. They have, you know, a, they have a democracy. It's, it's everything is perfect. Same thing in Korea. The same thing in Germany. We left the Big Red One, the First um, Army Infantry Division. They're stationed in Germany permanently. You know, and that's what stabilized Germany, and it's why it's, you know, prior to this whole, you know, them letting all the refugees in, was, you know, one of the best countries in the world, one of the strongest economies in the world. That could have easily happened in Iraq. But, you know, Obama really screwed the pooch on this one. You know, and Secretary uh, Hillary Clinton really to stabilize the rest of the region by doing regime changes in the Arab Spring with no... So, oh, great, you got rid of Gaddafi because he's bad. But there's a huge power vacuum there. There's, there's nobody to leave. So you have this ISIS, you know, Rudy Giuliani today said that uh, Hillary Clinton could be the founding member of ISIS. And I really like that. He's finally putting a name to it. She really, she changed regimes in Libya, Syria, and, you know, even Egypt sort of did it on their own with the, the Facebook re- revolution. But, you know, you, you got a big, giant spot right there that you changed regimes. Congratulations. Who's in charge now? Oh, you don't have a plan for that? Like, so now it's sort of, you know, sort of what happens. And there's actually a story coming in out of uh, Syria that's really disturbing. I don't know if you've heard of it. But they, um, they captured a, a priest who was doing missionary work. And um, they plan on crucifying him on Good Friday. Did you hear about that? No, that's really disturbing and despicable. Yeah, if you, if you follow my um, <laughs> my marketing company's Twitter feed, it's, it's literally becoming a uh, Donald Trump <laughs> support blog. But whatever, it was one of the it was one of the tweets that I tweeted out. It was uh, pray for Father Ted. Yeah, that the ISIS has said that they're going to crucify him on Good Friday. Like you know. George Bush had a lot of problems, and I'm not going to say that he was, you know, was a great president or whatever. But you got to say the guy loved America, and he really did try. Um, you know, Obama doesn't. He just he's more worried about like fucking history nonsense. He he honestly believes that global warming is a, a bigger issue to us than uh, you know. Islamic yeah, that was that, the, the whole global warming thing is such like they think the Democrats specifically, you know, Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton are saying, oh. Why are you guys worrying about ISIS? You've got to worry about global warming. Uh, no, no. Global warming is not going to kill us right now. Maybe, you know, hundreds of years from now. Who knows? But ISIS is obviously the biggest issue. Uh, and it's not even close. Uh, and I, I, I don't have, that was a really intense discussion. I don't, have, I don't have any good transition for this. But I want to touch on this story. Uh, today, the now Los Angeles Rams have been announced that they're going to be on hard knocks this, this summer. It's going to be interesting to see the team working in Los Angeles now. Uh, the players moving. The players show them moving into new homes or whatever. They don't really have a practice facility or anything. But the big story out of this is that apparently uh, the, the Rams haven't been on hard knocks all these years because in 2014, the NFL told the Rams, if you draft Michael Sam, who is the first openly gay player, 
be drafted by a football team, if you draft him, you won't have to go on hard knocks for the next, you know, two years or whatever. Did you see this story? Yeah, and I actually saw that they they re-signed him. <laughs> Did you see that? They re-signed him today? I didn't see that. Yeah, they re-signed him today. I think, uh, I, I don't know if it's the practice squad or the actual team, but yeah, they re-signed him today as well. Um, it's, it's just so stupid. Like, you know, um, it's one of it's actually one of the things I wrote about in uh, in the blog this week is you know we've got politically correct and we've gotten to the point where it's become like a narrative like oh he's the first openly gay football player who cares like if you really cared about equality you wouldn't care what someone's sexual preferences and I'm telling you right now I do not care like you know if if it came out tomorrow that my favorite baseball player was gay. I would not care. It does not change my opinion of them one way or another. On the same note, players that I don't like, if I found out they were gay, that doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, I, for example, I don't like Kobe Bryant. I think he's a dick. So if I found out Kobe Bryant was gay, I'm not going to all of a sudden be like, oh, now I get it. I love Kobe. He's the best. That's, it's, you know what it is? I blame ESPN because they, they do that. They try to get things that aren't sports stories. Like this, Mike. Oh, Michael Sam's gay. Blah blah. blah. That's not a sports story. No, that doesn't matter about football. And the idea that they try to push that so that they can get people who aren't sports fans to care. You know, I mean, you know, women housewives who don't watch the Rams, who don't give a shit about the Rams. Now they're like, oh my god, Michael Sam, we love you. Oh, look at the draft. He kissed his boyfriend. Who cares? Like, if you really were inclusive and you really were completely about equality, you wouldn't even mention his sexuality because it's none of our business. Yeah, it really, it really shouldn't really matter. Uh, but if this NFL uh, thing is true that they, you know, bought the Rams off by forcing them to draft Michael Sam, uh, some investigation needs to be done there. And you know, it's not a good, uh, not a good situation. Yeah, you know, the a lot of people have been complaining about, uh, you know, Roger Goodell and his nonsense. And how he sort of, you know, he has his hand in, in things in football that he just shouldn't have his hand in, you know, that they have nothing to do with the game. And um, I think this is another another example of that. Like, listen, it, you, this guy, this guy's getting drafted just because he's openly gay. Like, who gives a fuck? And obviously, he wasn't good enough to play in the league because he never played. You know, he played in the preseason and then, you know, on the practice squad and got cut. Another team picked him up. I think it was the Cowboys. He never yeah. actually played. So, you know, he was on essentially the worst team in the league. You know, the Cowboys had two or three wins last year, and uh, he, couldn't get, he couldn't get snaps. So he's not good enough to play in the league. The end. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we, we'll see, uh, you know, what happens if anything more comes out of that. Uh, it's an interesting time in the sports world right now. you got March Madness, opening week of baseball coming up in about a week and a half, and uh, then you're going to have the NFL draft, uh, NBA and NHL postseason, April, uh, April, May, June, really good times for sports. Like I said, you got three of the sports going on every day. You got baseball, hockey, and basketball on the same night, and you got throwing the draft. It's a good time uh, in the sports world. So, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for listening to an amazing show tonight of Knickknack News. Uh, it's really been it's really been one for the history books with uh, Leslie and Fortley, the original Mongo, the Mongo who goes crazy. And once again, we want to thank you for listening to Nick Knack News, episode six. Have a good night, everybody. 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.